Hello, and welcome back to Talking Picture Talk. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, we decided what better time to go through our list of top five of our favorite movies of 2018. What better time than 23 days into the new year? And that's what we're going to do tonight. And to help yep. us do that, we have not one, but two special guests. Our first guest, you know him from... Uh, <laughs> Episode such, three. Such classics <laughs> as episode three, where we talked about Scorsese. It's our good friend, D, the letter D. Glad to be back. <laughs> good to have you back. That actually is our, that's our most downloaded episode, the Scorsese one. Is it really? It's probably I think it's probably because of Scorsese. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think more people on the internet are searching Martin Scorsese than D. <laughs> and our other guest is uh, my neighbor, Vince. Hello. Thank Who you is? Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. already, already thrown off the mojo. I'm sorry. Well, thank you for having uh, me. He is a uh, human IMDb, so that will uh, yeah. come in handy during Dean all Vince this. are sharing a mic, and they're going to bang heads at least 10 <laughs> times during this, both going into it. It'll be fun now. Hopefully yeah. you can hear them. Make yeah, sure you guys uh, get up on the mics. We're, <laughs> we're eight episodes in, seven, seven or eight episodes in now. I and think this is seven. Still really? having a... Yeah? Yeah, I think it's seven. Missed it. Six was the house that Jack built. We're still having a, right. you know, technical difficulties. Still trying to figure it all out. Oh, yeah. With the mics and sound. And <laughs> we'll get there. Just got to keep working. All right. So we'll get there. Do we, do we have Do we have time for some do? some brief news? Yeah. A little entertainment news. I, I just saw this this today, um, and, and I think it's a topic that that we have to discuss. Uh, Alec Baldwin pleading guilty to punching that guy over the parking space. Color me surprised. <laughs> I just <laughs> I saw Vince had to say something, and I watched him gear up and go about four feet over to get into the mic. <laughs> we got to get into the mic. Um, well, he came out and he said, uh, "Remember, he, like when he was accused of it, he was like, this is a total lie. This is this is not true. I usually don't come out and defend this stuff, but this did not happen. Not true. And now he's pleading guilty, and he's got to take anger management. That'll be good really probably for the better. But oh man, he must be awful because he's such a good actor." Like he he should have done a lot more with his career than what he has. I, I still it's, it's I think it's his second best TV performance ever in Thirty Rock. Alec Baldwin. He's great in Thirty Rock. What's the first? Buscemi in Boardwalk Empire, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't had the best movie career. I feel like um, he was always like if Kevin Costner come to a movie in the '90s, maybe they'd offer it to Alec Baldwin. You know. Mm-hmm. Or if like he was like the second or third choice, I feel like. <laughs> Got to really lean. Oh in. my god! All right, did you say what he said over again? <laughs> and this time, not from standing on a, on a ridge of a mountain far away. <laughs> well, I yeah. f- what I was saying is that I feel like Alec Baldwin um, could have had a little bit better of a movie career, um, at least as a leading man. Um, he always sort of popped up randomly in movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he was probably always like the second or the third choice to play a character after um, like somebody like Kevin Costner or um, Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, th- I don't know. I thought he he's a better actor than like the Kevin Costners of the world, though. He's like a better actor than Kevin Costner and Mel Gibson and like the people in his his class. Like I thought he could have been more like a, like a De Niro, like a really good actor. I don't know. Never happened for him. Alec except Bald- for 30 Rock. Alec Baldwin in Field of Dreams. I can't see it. Dances with Wolves. Can't see. Maybe it. not those things, but like, well, I think He's, you'd be surprised. But he is great in those like supporting bit parts, like Along uh, Came Polly. Yeah, the cooler. Yeah. Outside Providence. <laughs> <laughs> Vince, Vince is turning on the mic. 
Even in like, The Departed, you remember yeah. him just like freaking out at the guy when he. Nope. I don't know if he. I can't remember exactly when he forgets to put the camera what's in the, the spot. What's he's the like, quote? He's like, Can I talk to you for a second? You'll blow it! And he's like, <laughs> when, when he. That's what I was thinking about when he punches this guy over the parking space was when he throws that punch. He usually hit Mark Wahlberg. In uh, The Departed? No, it's just no, some like, it's random... It's just like the guy, oh, the the guy, guy who, was, who was supposed to plant the camera in the uh, car. Uh, right, right. It's like the technician. The punch he throws, though, it's like a grizzly bear like mauling somebody. It's like he's such a big dude. It's crazy. Uh, well, that was the only that was the only news that uh, that I had. Alec Baldwin pleading guilty, going to anger management. That'd be All good right. for him. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, so we're going to do the uh, top five, our top five favorite movies of 2018. If you follow me on Instagram, which you most certainly do if you're listening to this because you are... My sister, mom, or somebody at this table, uh, you probably know my top five. So, uh, I don't know. Do you want to – we'll go – we'll all give our number five, go around the room, start with – I think we should sh- – yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say I think I should go first. All right, yeah. Because I was not uh, – I wasn't a big fan of this year. Yeah. I you, feel like I'm not going to have both. <laughs> I'm not going to have a lot to say. You're going to make fun of me for most of my movies that oh, I chose boy. here. Oh, boy. Um, What's your number five? My number five, well, hold on, pulling it up on my phone. It is Deadpool 2. Didn't say it. Anything? Any wisecracks about that one? Great movie. It was great. You enjoyed it, right? I did. I actually liked it more than the first one. Did you really? I think I um, Ryan Reynolds really breathes like life into that character. Like, he brings so much to that character. Yeah, he's one of those guys. And that, he's, yeah, yeah one of those guys who he's playing a character where you really can't see anyone else yeah that's exactly who is who could play it like there's you know there's always rumors of like i don't know like oh this person was up for the role or something like that but you just you can't think of another person in that role did, and maybe we talked about it maybe shawnee and i did or on the podcast or maybe just in our in our group chat but i can't think of in terms of like the marvel universe like i i don't you could like chris evans chris hemsworth and chris pine could walk in his room right now and i couldn't put them with the character they played but i think that Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool is the best marriage of actor yeah. and character in any comic book. I agree. I think I agree. more so than Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, I think I agree with that. <laughs> right, I think about, may he rest in peace. May he rest in <laughs> peace. That's my year's resolution. To always say. Uh, may what he rest about in peace. Uh, I think there's like RDJ as yeah, Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, there. it's a good one. And people good. always say um, like Hugh Jackman too. But I mean, he's been around for. So people don't long. say that. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one. No one says that. I didn't know that Brian Singer directed all the X Men movies. Yeah. Yeah. He. Well, they have a great group. It's him and Brett Radner. Did so what you're saying oh, is you're Jesus. a big Ryan Singer fan. <laughs> I like the usual suspects <laughs> in the first two X Men. Brett Radner, close second. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Deadpool two. It was just really enjoyable. I think the humor is great. It's really quick dialogue. Yeah. It makes it funny. Um, Rob um, Delaney's in it. Rob Delaney. He's, yeah. And he's amazing. He used to be funny on Twitter. Absolutely hilarious. Now he's just like anti-American. <laughs> And, uh, like if, 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 if this was in the 50s, he would be, like, sent to Russia for what he's doing. He, did he, like, move out of the country and he just, he, like... Yeah, moved, he, I know he, he moved to, to England, England. But, like, too, for, a guy, for, a for a guy who, like, made his fame and all his money because being funny on Twitter, he just stopped being funny on Twitter. Now he just promotes, like, that show on BBC and talks about Trump. All right. I, I stopped <laughs> following him. And, Deadpool 2, hardest I left in the theater in a very long time. And um, that's that's my number five. Roland and Zazie Beats were also in it and they were... Incredible. Yeah, in Roland's roles. amazing. Yeah, Roland's, Roland's a good actor. He's he's like he's like in his reconnaissance right now. Yeah, he had, <laughs> but he was never really that bad though. No, and he was in three movies that I enjoyed a lot this year. 
two of them which are on my list and the other one i'll mention which do you have did you have deadpool deadpool 2 on your list it is not on my list all right then vince your number five my number five is a superhero movie uh, no kidding yeah. wow oh my god <laughs> i agree with sean it wasn't the strongest year and him and i actually just saw this this past week it is spider-man into the spider-verse it's my fifth favorite movie of the year i didn't think i saw that i heard yeah. it's awesome it what, is very uh, good it's as very good as everyone's saying it is it's very very uniquely done uh, it's very trippy the animation's crazy yeah. it's like how's cage He's hilarious. Just, just give the people what they want. Just answer that one question. Cage is great. <laughs> uh, it's Phil Lord, Chris Miller, or they produced it, and one of them wrote it. I forget who, but apparently, like they were very hands-on. And I think it goes to show that they're, I think they're pretty underrated in terms of when people talk about like great filmmakers today because they can do live action and animation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that not a lot of people can do. And I'm sure you agree with that. Yeah, of course. No, no one can draw, draw pictures like a child in fifth grade. Um, that's gotta be the front runner for best animated feature. Right? I think it's going to take it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's going to win. I mean, I don't good. Is there even a Pixar nominated? I think, uh, Incredibles too. Is that Pixar? Yeah. yeah. And it's nominated. Yeah, I think so. It, well, wasn't that pretty poorly received? No, I thought it got good. Oh, was it? I didn't see it. I, think it got pretty good reviews though it, yeah it's not surprising i guess I, I did see the incredibles too and it's pretty good better than the first one into the first one <laughs> <Neither did I. laughs> i just don't care Who, who's uh leaving pixar after like 25 years uh john lasseter well go. he got me too right yeah but and then he recently i think i don't know who he signed a deal with or like some studio hired him and who was the like original like steve jobs sold pixar no steve jobs what, I believe what happened was George Lucas created it, and then during his divorce, he he had like a really messy divorce right when Man. Pixar was getting like started, and he sold it to Steve Jobs. And okay, I think, I think okay that's what happened. I'm not exactly sure if that's um, the full story. You see, Bezos' wife, because California doesn't have is like a non prenup state, so Bezos' wife, if she gets half of his money, would be the richest woman in the world. Yeah, she's like <laughs> she's like automatically like 65 billion or something. It's amazing. Amazing like Oprah working your whole life to get to the richest woman in the world, and then this girl gets divorced and becomes the richest woman in the world. Um, who was the original like Pixar? Was it Brad Bird, like the guy who was running those movies? To begin no, it with? was it was Lasseter. Well, it was always Lasseter. Okay. I, but Brad Bird, I th- Brad Bird did. Uh, the Incredibles, Ratatouille. I think he did mm-hmm. Wally as well. Well, Wally, he definitely did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure about Up. He, I don't think he did Up. I think he was doing no. that Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, he. De- that sounds right because that yeah. was his first. He did all those Pixar movies, then he did Mission Impossible, and I think he did like that Tomorrowland movie with George yeah. Clooney, and now he's back to doing. Oh it. yeah, and that lost like a t- that. that lost a ton of money apparently. So uh-huh. now he's back to making Pixar yeah. movies. Ba- and back to Doodles. Yeah. All right, D. You're number five. Um, my number five, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one in the room who's seen this, is The Favorite. You yeah. Okay. I've not seen it yet. I've not seen it yet. Big fan of Yorgos. Yeah. That's Yorgos right, Lanthimos yeah. was the director. Um, he didn't write this one, though. He usually writes most of the movies he directs. But That's that's my first question. His his movies have such, like, unique dialogue. Right. Yeah. Like, all of them have the people talk the same way in all of them, and it's so, like, right. it's so, like, off-kilter. Does, it, does that filter in? Or is it just a straight movie that this guy's directing? Um... It's not as um, the dialogue is definitely different, um, but I mean, what most people I think would expect from this movie is like a um, sort of a boring period piece costume drama. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. sort of what it looks yeah. like on the surface. But unless you're familiar with Yorgos Lanthimos, right. I mean, you know he has something up his sleeve, and he always makes his movies really unconventionally. Right, and Dogtooth, Alps, The Lobster, and 
uh, the killing of a sacred deer last year, which was on my my top five. Was it last year? Or two years ago? I think it was, it was last, last year. year. Yeah, last it was, year, that was on my yeah. top five last year. I really, yeah, really I really like that guy. The Lobster was my favorite movie of three years ago. Um, yeah, Bryn Mawr is bringing the favorite back uh, starting Friday, so I'm going to see it there. I think, but yeah, I have to get around to seeing that. And how are the performances? There's a lot of all three, a lot of buzz around. Uh, yeah, what's her name? Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman was great. Um, so was Rachel Royce, and I think I actually like Emma Stone the best. Um, mm-hmm. All three are really impressive, but I, yeah, I think Emma's probably my favorite performance. Who's, in the movie. who's nominated from that? Act- All three of them. Oh, really? Yeah. So Olivia Coleman for and then, Best Actress, and then the other two for Supporting. supporting. Yeah. Well, I think I think Kerry Washington's going to win Supporting. Kerry Washington. Or, uh, Regina King. Regina King. Yeah. <laughs> Shawnee, edit that. <laughs> that's, that's a bad look for me. Um, Regina King is who I meant. Thanks, Vince. Um, anything else on the favorite? Um, Highly recommend it. It's really funny too. People are laughing out loud. Wow! Can't wait to hear your top four because you're gushing over this one <laughs> so I like, much. What I um, I like that Olivia Coleman in one other movie, which is Hot Fuzz. Which is Hot Fuzz. I assume she's in like she's got to be in either that show uh, with Claire Foy. What's it called? The The Queen, the Queen, or Downton Abbey, right? <laughs> I believe she's going to be. She's got. She's, she's going to be in. She's the British, crown. right? Yeah, she. I think she's going to be in the Crown starting, like with the next season because. Mm-hmm. My uh, my sister watches it, and it's like the they, Crown. That's what it's called. And they do they're doing like the young, the versions of whoever Prince Margaret or Princess Margaret. Okay. And now they're gonna transition to when they're older, and I forget who she's playing, but yeah, okay. she's gonna be in it. Fantastic. All right, she's gonna play the role Claire Foy was. In. Do you want to just talk about the Crown the rest of the show, Vince? <laughs> Thirteen minutes in. Yes. Do you watch that show? No, I've seen like two minutes. Uh, yeah, I tried to get it. I, I've watched because I hear uh, John Lithgow is really. This is I know this is this is terrible, but I hear John Lithgow is good in it. <laughs> yeah, Churchill. Churchill, but it's gonna be a long one. Can't hold folks. a candle to Oldman. No, though, so. no, no one can. Speaking of him, I'm, we're gonna actually I'm gonna bring up Gary Oldman in, in the next segment. But uh, first, let's get through this. We're already about what half hour in Shawnee. Fourteen. Fourteen minutes. <laughs> All right, uh, number five for me. I, I know that the D is seen. And maybe you guys have uh, the Battle of Buster Scruggs, a Netflix release from the Coen Brothers. Uh, nominated for Best uh, Adapted Screenplay because uh, they allegedly wrote a bunch of short stories. And therefore, I don't know if they did, though. They're not released or anything. That's my favorite thing is when, like, <laughs> it's just they like, bend the rules for the Oscars. <laughs> exactly. I didn't realize that. I yeah. thought it was original. It's adapted? The, the, so it's it's six vignettes all taking place in the Old West. Uh, the third one, I believe, with Tom Waits, that's based on, like, a Raymond Carver short story or something. The other ones, the Coens had written just, like, messing around. Yeah, it was. But like, they're not like published or anything. That was the same thing that happened with Moonlight because Moonlight won adapted screenplay, and it was based it was off a of play, right? A, a play that was never produced. <laughs> and like, I know there will it's be so, blood was an adapted. It was so screenplay loosely based on, on oil, oil by yeah. Upton Sinclair, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like that. That I can kind of get on board with because it was like, I mean, he took the bone. Paul Thomas, in other words, Paul Thomas Anderson could not have released that movie saying that it was an original work from him without getting sued. So I can get on that, but the Coen's just like they were like, yeah, we wrote short stories. They probably they probably didn't. Like it's we it's weird. But any, anyhow, and you know what? I read into that movie. It was supposed to be, I think, a show on Netflix, and each um, vignette was supposed to be an episode. There was some kind of like controversy with that though. Movie. I think the, that's what it the is. The Coens were like constantly saying how they would never do a TV show, so it was always a movie in their mind. But there was some kind of like yeah, there was some confusion about it. Regardless, it's good. Um, a lot of people are saying they like three of the vignettes. Like, that's what I always hear. We like three and we don't like three, but I think that's just convenient. Um, I like them all. The 
Uh, the first one is is the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Tim Blake Nelson plays like a singing cowboy. Um, the second one, though, the one that, that really sticks out to me, well... Oh, and that was uh, nominated for Best Song, too. That song at the end there. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Is that T-Bone Burnett getting a nomination? Is it T-Bone? Or Carter know. Burwell? It's got to be. One of them. Um, yeah, uh, which one of them is going to lose to Lady Gaga? Yeah, right. Oh, man. Ooh. Oscar winner at Lady Gaga. Um, the uh, the second one, though, the second vignette is uh, James Franco plays like a bank robber. And I didn't know it was James Franco for the first, like, at least minute of the, of the segment because they make him actually look like James Franco skated by on those like like oh, I'm like boyishly handsome and have this half smile he looks like he just looks like a big strapping movie star in this it's so bizarre like seeing him like that but he looks like he would just be a star in westerns from uh, like from the 40s or 50s uh, and then I was thinking about this one and D I know that that we talked about this but uh, the Liam Neeson vignette yeah. uh, Liam Neeson plays kind of like a like an enter- entertainer and he goes around like an entertainment manager and he goes around with a guy with no arms and legs who like d- does like he like recites Shakespeare and does like biblical yeah, readings. Yeah. Um, but it gets so dark so fast, but it is like, it's Liam Neeson might say five words, but it's the best acting he's done. And <laughs> Schindler's list was what? 92. <laughs> so is it, what's that? 30 years ago. It's the best acting he's done since, since then for sure. Like he's, he's, he's really good. Um, I think they're, I think it's, it's worth checking out. They deserve the, the screenplay nomination. They probably deserve a best director nomination. Um, there, there's just so much Cohen stuff. There's like a, there's one thing that jumped out that, that will stick with me. Like a guy gets shot and he's standing in front of a window. So there's light coming in through the window, but the light comes through the, like there's a now a hole in the guy's body and the light like comes through the bullet hole. <laughs> like there's stuff like that in it. Uh, very cohen stuff, but, uh, um, definitely worth watching and everyone has Netflix. So, you know what I heard <laughs> the last thing, but Netflix loses and maybe you guys know the exact number, but it's like Netflix loses like $5 billion a year because people share accounts. Like if everyone That's, had to have their own account, it's yeah. $5 billion, $5 billion a year. Yeah. But when Netflix was starting to stream, they're like share accounts. We don't care. Right. So yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing now. That's interesting. All right. Number four. All right, moving right along here. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, we are not. I'm going to keep this one brief. Number no. four, uh, I chose A Star is Born. You got your Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. Got your 100 people in the room, and only one of them needs to believe in you. And for you got, me, that was Don't Bradley forget Cooper. Dice. <laughs> got the Dice Man playing Lady Gaga's father. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> He's a good actor. Oscar For Trump. his two seconds. <laughs> uh, and then you have Sam Oscar nominee sam elliott is that his first nomination? in a supporting role as bradley yeah, right. cooper's brother in the film and he was great yeah good for him um i think bradley cooper did a great job with this did haven't great, seen it great probably won't say it great job with the character great job directing the music yeah i know okay. uh, i heard sean penn on mark maron's podcast like well before star is born came out and sean penn was like gushing over it he's like an early cut of it so yeah <laughs> and, uh, for, a, for a directional debut it's pretty impressive yeah I agree. Wait, is that the first thing he's directed? Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Direction debut, oh. it's very impressive. How about it? And it takes a uh, dark left turn. Yeah, no spoilers now. <laughs> Haven't right. seen it. That's all I'll say. That's Anyone else have that on the list? It's my number four. All right, good. <laughs> number four, Vince. <laughs> Mine is uh, A Quiet Place. It's not John Krasinski directorial debut. I think he did like two smaller movies. Brief interviews with Hideous Men, which we've talked about. Not very good. And uh, a movie called The Hollers, which... Nobody saw. <laughs> which no one saw. Yeah. yeah. Richard so Jenkins, it, I believe, was in it, though. Yeah. So it is there was like no marketing for it. Uh, yeah. And I know we did like a few episodes of The Office, so he's definitely 
I would say this is obviously his breakout in terms of like putting him on the map of directing things. But yeah. I just think from that opening cold open where spoiler, but this came out in what April? You can spoil this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah when their son gets killed mm-hmm. by the monster, mm-hmm. it just really I don't know. It's just such a tense movie, so well done. And the thing that'll stick with me from that is the scene when it's so it's not even a scene. It's like a 25 minute sequence when Emily Blunt steps on the nail, I think. Yeah. And then like, yeah. it, she starts to go into yep. labor. It's like how yeah, they set up, set up all those like fireworks to like silent labor. Yeah. It's really, really, does, really well done. Does it the uh, baby cry? The baby cries, but they have like this, the fireworks going you, off. And no, the fireworks are for when she's, you don't like see her giving birth, right? You see, like the fireworks go off and she like starts to scream. Like, yeah, she's in the okay. bathtub, right. and then they go to this like, yeah, safe house type basement thing with like a mattress over the top. I don't know how much that would. Yeah, the, the the thing is, you can't make any noise, or else these monsters will come get you. That's the whole premise of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's like a family trying to survive mm-hmm. in this method. And it, it doesn't need to be said, but him and. Emily Blunt have great chemistry they're, since they're married in real life. I think you can. Yeah, yeah. She she's really really good in it. She is. And she that, is. everyone yeah. says she's like such a great actress, but she's never really done a role that would would move the needle for me at all until this. And and she's really good in it. Yeah, I think I would still put her best performance from what I've seen as Mary Poppins returns. No. I'm sorry, God, yes. forgive me. Exactly. No, uh, Sicario. I think she. Okay, so I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I think she's. She might have gotten snubbed for that. I forget who was else was nominated that year, but I think. You know, it's definitely another just really solid original horror movie, which I know they're making a sequel yep. for, which I don't know where you go from it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not crazy about that idea, but... No, I mean, he's returning to direct it, yeah. which is cool, but he's dead in the movie, so we'll oh, see. No office and anymore. The, so. Yeah, there was... I think there were... <laughs> I, well, we'll see. They might come back, right? Rain Wilson's going to be in it. Yeah. Um, and there were rumors that it was going to take place in the Cloverfield universe. Like they were, gonna... it was yeah. The movie was originally written as like a, I don't want to call it a spec script, but as like a Cloverfield. Yeah, because they do that. Um... And then Krasinski got it to produce, I think, and was like, "Well, we can go another way with this." Yeah, and I, I interesting. Think, yeah, yeah. I think he liked it a huge rewrite. Yeah, so. they gave credit to the guys who came up with the idea, but it was and, just uh, uh, yeah, produced by Michael Bay. People, people don't know that. See, he don't, he doesn't get credit. He doesn't get enough credit. That guy. Even uh, Krasinski or boys these days. Yeah, since they did that Benghazi movie. Oh my god, that was terrible. <laughs> I did, I, oh, the movie I was awful. It. Jesus, was that thirteen hours or something? Yeah, yeah it was brutal. I think so, yeah. All right, D number four. <laughs> Does anyone else have a quiet place on the list? Uh. Like number eight, if we're okay, yeah, it's in my top. Yeah, it's in my top ten as well. Really, it's a very good movie. Um, so my number four is Leave No Trace. Oh, me too. Is it number four? Yeah. Wait, wait, what was the uh, what's the rule if we have the same on the list? But that's not my number four though. Um, well, you can you can hold your thoughts if you have it higher. Okay. For for now, it's my number three, so I can. Oh, we all we all have it. Yeah, let's just talk about it then. It's my number one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> we'll talk well, about this. This is good. This is right. good. Though. D, so D, can... you, it's your your turn. So you you kick it off, and and we'll go around the room, and I guess give our our thoughts on it. Really good movie. Um, when I first saw it, um, I liked it, but I didn't love it. It felt sort of uh, incomplete. I felt like it needed something else, and then I slept on it, mm-hmm. and then I realized that I loved it. it Whose phone was that? God damn it, Vince. Oh, that was mine. That was my other phone. <laughs> my bad. All right. Um, Whose keys were those? <laughs> is, uh, uh, ben Foster is incredible in it, I thought. Yeah, um, he is. When's that guy going to get nominated? Seriously. I, I actually, I wrote a note 
Um, under my notes, we leave no trace. And I just wrote Ben Foster's on the break of becoming one of the best working actors. He's, one of the best working already, actors yeah. who will never get a nomination. Yeah, I think for he already no, no, he's, he's going to get some. He's going to get some. Uh, he, he's been in. Has he ever? Can anyone think off the top? Two, I, two, well, was it for The Messenger he got something? Woody, Woody no, Harrelson was nominated for uh, that. He never, he never got nominated. Yeah. I remember, I actually think he was probably the best supporting performance of Hell or High Water over Jeff Bridges. I, I agree. I think yeah. that was just oh, yeah. kind of uh, like uh, a, yeah, he got that really is where you see an actor who doesn't have as much clout. And it's nothing against Jeff Bridges because he's great in it. But yeah, I think Ben Foster for that role or for that movie still the show yeah he i think he's on the brink though of of like winning oscars and and big movies and, and all that stuff but yeah he's great he's great in leave the trace um and not to take away from or from him but his daughter the actress who plays his daughter yeah daughter, she's really good really too. good in it yeah. too yeah those, those are those are like oscar snobs they both should nominate. he's definitely should have nominated she, not just those two but like director screenplay like it's yeah yeah it was um is she can't remember her name now is she just like a no-name actress? Well, the the daughter. I mean, she's yeah. very young. She was a no-name. Do you remember the name of the director? It's um, I it's a, uh, I want to say Patty Jenkins, but I know it's not Patty Jenkins. It's no. um, um, God, it's a woman who directed uh. It's the woman who directed Winter's Bone. Um, De- uh, Deborah, Deborah Granick. Yeah, yeah, Deborah Granick. Yeah, and um, she casted Jennifer Lawrence in Winter's yeah, Bone. Yeah, right. Who just blew up after that. Yep. And I feel like it might be you know a similar situation with this and this actress. Yeah, it I could went, be. I went into it completely blind. I wanted to see it just because you guys kept talking about it. You would love Bird Box then. I saw Bird Completely Box blind. And I Com- completely blind. Uh, <laughs> Topical. <laughs> is that on anyone's top five? If it is, and get out. Oh, that's another movie. That was my number one. <laughs> two years ago. Um, that too is a movie. I went into it completely blind. I thought it was... Uh, I didn't watch a single trailer or like read a synopsis and I thought it was a post post apocalyptic movie when it first mm. started. And then he like steps out of the woods and there's like a road with cars <laughs> on it and he like walks what, into is the t- village. <laughs> he walks into town and gets like, Spoiler. so he's yeah, well I'm going to, all right. So he's Start a vet. Remember when, um, he's a vet living off the grid and in the woods with his mm. young teenage daughter yep. in a tent. And from time to time he walks into town to go to a VA hospital to get drugs with the drugs. He sells them to other vets. Other oh, vets like living in like a homeless encampment right. a little bit closer. They're in like, I think they're in Oregon. And that's how he makes and his money. And that's how he makes yeah. his yeah. money. And, um, but the, I mean, they're like hunting food and stuff and building fires or right. really, really off the grid. Um, and then they eventually, that way of living is threatened. Yeah. And they have to move on. And, the girl gets kind of a taste of normal life and so does he and he doesn't like it and she kind of likes it and mm-hmm. then there's a riff there yeah and that's kind of that's kind of the movie yeah i'm figuring that out yeah. and it was so simple and i wasn't prepared for it at all and i loved how they did it going off that i was i think i saw the trailer once in a theater and i was surprised because i thought it was going to be like halfway through because they showed this in the trailer like him and his daughter i forget if it's like a park ranger or security capturing mm-hmm. or like finding their camp or yeah something. it's like a park ranger and i thought you can't live in like a national yeah. park yeah. and i thought it was going to be like the second half of the movie is them kind of adjusting to normal life mm-hmm. but that's well it is but like i, I thought that they were going to be in that like for lack of better terms like that rehab center or whatever they were yeah and i thought it was going to be like a legal battle for him you know what i mean yeah yeah no i know exactly what you mean it kind of goes a different way where it's like people are really trying to help the entire time no one's like working against them and i think that's that's what the movie does so well it 
like a lot of movies are about PTSD and just kind of show you like the person struggling with PTSD. But this is from the daughter's point of view. So she's experiencing all these frustrations because, all right, if you, I mean, the movie's old, it's like a year old. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know, fast forward or just listen. But so once you get taken from the woods, they go to this like hospital and they just kind of like evaluate them. And then they set them up like some guy lets them live in like a house, like a normal house with plumbing and all this crap and gives them a job. And they're on like a farm and he's working and it's normal and she's going to school and it's fine. And they're like, the guy's like, this is not working. I got to get out of here. So then they go to like, it's in the woods sort of at like the base of the woods. And it's like a trailer park with like kind of makeshift houses where like a couple other vets live and like one guy suffering from PTSD there has like a dog and he's kind of adjusting to it. And the daughter's like, Oh, this is perfect. Cause it's a compromise. Like we're right near the woods. It's fine. And we're not like, you know, in mainstream society, but the guy still can't Ben Foster's character still can't like do it. And he just has to go back out of the woods and live in the woods. And no one can understand that. And it's so frustrating, but I think that is like how it, how it, shows you how PTSD would affect yeah. people close. Like it's, yeah. it's not, it's not just like, Oh, this guy's struggling with his demons. Like, like a lot of lesser movies would do. This is from the daughter's perspective. And it's so frustrating. And I think that's why like, I had to sleep on it too. Cause I was like, what is wrong with like, why, like, why is this guy? And then I was, oh, that's the point of the movie. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you on that. It's a very, and the best word to describe it is frustrating. Like, yeah, you think you could say like, just readapt to, you know, normal life and he just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely, you know, a more probably in recent memory, one of the most in-depth looks at or a different perspective of PTSD yeah. instead of like someone who or a very surface level yeah. version of it. I think, yeah, it's just his demeanor can be frustrating, but at the same time, by the end of the movie, he like admits it's like I just can't do this. And yeah, and you can't understand why, but yeah. And back to Ben Foster's performance, um, he's usually like so like loud and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I've seen him in a movie and in this, he's just so like subdued. Um, and it's, it's just so different for him. I was so impressed with that. You know how he, it's like a complete 180 from what he normally does. Um, and just the look on his face and like so many scenes is just, you know, so believable what this guy's going through. Yeah. The, the scene that, that really jumps out to me is, um, when, when they're initially taken, taken into this, like, hospital he's kind of undergoing like an evaluation and it's like 300 questions or something yeah he's sitting there in front of the computer yeah. and, and he's just like really struggling with it. it's like a like a therapist guy comes in and it's it's such it's such a good it, it's it's it might be might be one of my favorite scenes of of the year um the guy comes in and he realizes that this guy's really struggling with it you probably seen it before you would you would assume so he's like are you proud of your daughter and ben foster gives like it's only like emotion he shows he kind of gives like a laugh and a smile and like like yeah like like I am. And, and that's, that's the kind of thing where you've never seen Ben Foster that before. I remember sitting in the theater, like this is best, best actor. Like can't, no question. He's going to win it. But, but no, we, we have to nominate, uh, uh, I actually, we're going to do a whole episode where we Bradley get, Cooper nominated, where we get yeah. mad about that. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up me and D's for both, uh, Shawnee number three. Oh, back to me already. Yeah. Going around the horn. <laughs> number three. You're going to love this one. Avengers colon Infinity War. All right. That's me, my number me two. Me and Dale just take a break. That's and, your number two. <laughs> yeah, that's and my you, number two. And you two just go at it. I'm just going to say what I said because our first episode... Vince was, is in like an attack position right now. He's so excited <laughs> to talk about this. Our first episode of this podcast, we did our top five of 2018, like the first six months of 2018 or something like that. And I think like... Yeah, all, we had all a my couple movies of... Are, yeah, it's most of And I think on that, I just said, you know... it it was a pretty big undertaking. It's like, cause I, I always like a good like crossover 
in something. And this is like 18 crossovers. Yeah, I think it's the 18th or 19th movie. I mean, it's the 10th year that this like project, yeah. for lack of better terms, has been underway. And like, like I think you guys touched upon, it's like there was at least like 30 characters, like main characters who have been either first or second lead in their roles or top billing, but they all ba- they balance it so well. And it's over. Yeah, that's two- right. That's what I mean. There's yeah, like so many A-listers, so many like complex characters, and they all get like just the right amount of screen time. Their dialogue with each other is so funny. It's like yeah, and it's like I think I saw I can be mistaken on this, but it's like I think Brolin's character Thanos has the most screen time, and it's like twenty minutes. He is the only villain, right? Like, or the main villain. Well, I he say. is like henchman. For, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. but he's, he's, he's a villain. Of course, yeah. he has henchmen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. But no, he's he's incredible in it. It's one of those mm-hmm. motion capture performances where oh, those are the best. <laughs> no, I and I don't, and I'm not one of those people who believe like oh, you know, if motion capture always gets snubbed. I think that that it's a really gray area where the animators and the performer, everyone, there's like an equal balance of it. But you mm-hmm. can, this was a performance or in a role where you needed a great actor to do the motion capture and i think like you can see where he was really just you know stealing the show from like that's the yeah. performance that i remember sure. from it yeah i don't know i think uh it was you know a lot to a lot to coordinate and it all came yeah together. it's the most impressive thing is working all those stories lines yeah. into something something cohesive it all came together perfectly i thought it was really fun is well, there any it, humor in it? Is it funny? Tom, yeah, it's the, yeah, there's a ton. Yeah. The ending... There's for, just so many people where it's like, I can't believe you two are in the same movie and talking to each other. Yeah, and, and it's it, it's funny, but at the same time, it's not like inappropriate humor in the sense that where it's like misplaced or anything like that. Like, there's definitely scenes that are really... Like, Chris Pratt's hilarious. Chris Pratt's hilarious, but he also, at the same time, there's like a scene where he gets, you know, it's a very serious scene, like something happens, and they do a good job of balancing not only the roles, but... Yeah, everything like that, and I think that's that's a good, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I think just the fact that it's like two and a half hours, like I said earlier, and it flies by. Mm-hmm. It's one of those blockbusters, like for me, Mad Max Fury Road, where if, like once it ended, I could watch it the next day, mm-hmm. and I would not be bored or anything by it. Balance—that's a good word. Yes, it's a big part of the movie itself, and, and it uh, is. And I think they, I think the Russo brothers did a good job. Yeah, and we'll get to. How do you feel about those guys? I think it's incredible, like what how they like as people. I think they <laughs> well from the time that I hung out. No, but who um, are they? They were it's and this is where the guy Kevin Foggy who runs Marvel mm-hmm. Studios and he he's the producer that got the uh, nomination for Black Panther. They were doing shows like Arrest Development, Community, mm-hmm. and I forget what else they did. But he like brings them in. They pitch Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which is most people who like Marvel movies say that's one of the best ones and it's just is that the first Captain America it's the second one okay I mean, Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I've seen it and it's like just they just blow it out of the park and mm-hmm. they're it's incredible how they go from sitcoms and now they're directing the movie that's like top five grossing of all time yeah well Captain Marvel is directed by uh Anna Boda and Ryan Fleck the yeah Nelson people yeah, that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> be interesting yeah we'll see and um yeah it's just a really enjoyable movie funny and it's really, really, I think, a great accomplishment for them. All right, Vince, number three. Uh, Leave No Trace is my third. Okay. So we can so go to D number, D number three. Three. <laughs>
my number three is eighth grade. Nice. Stupid. Okay. <laughs> what a waste. Even, what a waste. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. That. Best movie we talked about so far, I think. Yeah. That is um, a good one. It's just average. Very average. <laughs> um, it's about a girl who's in eighth grade. It's her last week of eighth grade. She's preparing to go to high school. Um, she's very um, introverted and she's always trying to fit in when she's at school and has trouble to fit in, has trouble making friends. Um, but in her spare time, she has a YouTube channel where she makes videos about, um, uh, just how to gain confidence, um, how to make friends, sort of everything that she wants to be, but struggles to be. Um, and it's, it covers that period of life really well. Like there's so many movies that take place in high school that's like so overdone but you know obviously Mm -hmm. this is the year before high school so there's some subtle differences and big differences um but it was funny and it was um it was i thought it was really moving and the relationship she has with her father um What's that guy's name? Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton. He did a really yeah. good job. Dad did um, so good. They I had mean, a lot of she, chemistry. She probably she was very good. Elsie Fisher. She probably earned the best actress nomination. But he he should have been nominated for supporting actor. He should have. He, he was great in that. There's a scene towards the end where they're outside, um, <laughs> having like a heart to heart. Having a heart yeah. to heart. Um, he's great in it. And I mean, she's just worried. You know, basically says something along the lines of, you know, like, are you proud of me, or do I make you sad or happy? Mm-hmm. And he just sort of has this monologue that just kind of um, just absolutely steals the show. He's, you know, goes into how um, proud he is of her and, you know, all that. But yeah, um, yeah definitely. It's the Hamilton um, Assance. Uh, yeah. Manchester has <laughs> got that little role in that. That's now this. Right. Yeah. But I drew, and, and Bo Burnham's never mentioned it, but the movie I love, uh, Kicking and Screaming, he plays like, he's a, college student who or he is a recent college grad who just can't get on with his his life and doesn't want to step into like the real world and i i almost drew a line like that almost feels as though josh hamilton is playing the character that he played in kicking and screaming just like as an adult like as a grown-up like it felt it felt <laughs> very fun. familiar to me that. yeah um but yeah i wasn't i just i just i voiced it on here before so i'm not gonna go hard on it again but i wasn't i wasn't quite as big a fan i might be biased because i love Bo. But, yeah, and no, he's, he's uh, fine. It's, uh, it's funny, yeah. Directional debut, Bo Brown. Yeah, really yeah, that's good. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, came you get you get, a, you get with... one of those movies a year. You had the big sick last where they just kind of let like a comedian make a movie that, <laughs> that gets big. Yeah, that's just what's happening. Just wait till they let Artie make a movie. Real comedian. <laughs> but yeah, eighth grade. Um, watching that, it was like rough. It really puts you there. Well, they do such a good job of. Um... Yeah, like her you, put your, you put your character or you put yourself in her shoes. You guys must yeah. have been losers. I, I was unre- unrelatable. <laughs> like she had like so much anxiety, and I was yeah. like, oh my God, take it Man. easy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like making me anxious. I really <laughs> feel bad for her. Yeah. Um, where, where do you put it? Is, is it safe to say Stand By Me is your favorite coming of age movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, you love coming of age movies, so. <laughs> That's my favorite. I well, think it's probably most people's favorites. No, mine's probably eighth grade now. Oh my god! Okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, Joe. So your number? No. What number am I doing? I'm on three. All right, my number three is a Japanese movie Shoplifters, uh, nominated for uh, best foreign film. Should have been nominated for screenplay. Um, 
so so basically the basic premise of the movie is there's this uh, family they're very very poor um they shoplift to make money the father and son um kind of work in tandem and they have like a system where they can steal groceries and stuff they bring it back and there's like uh there's like a mom and an older sister and like a like a grandma um and uh, one t- on one of their shoplifting sprees, they are kind of walking down the alley. They live in a terrible neighborhood, like total squalor. And uh, they just take a little girl who's kind of sitting out like on like a porch, like of a, of a house. Um, and they offer her like a, I forget what they're eating, but they offer her one and she like, takes it. And she's probably like five. And uh, they realize like no parents or anything. So they just take her <laughs> and they just bring her to their, their place. And it I comes to, that, that's how it works. It comes across as odd, but you know, you can't judge. So, uh, what we learn kind of throughout the course of the movie is, is that maybe this family is not exactly what, what meets the eye. And it did to me, one thing that very few movies I think have ever done where it takes you this main character. And then the first hour of the movie, it's like good guy. And then you just do a total one eighty. And then towards the end of the movie, you're kind of back again. Then you don't really know what to think. Um, but the whole premise of the movie is really, is really what what makes a family because this this unit group of people, um, kind of live under unusual circumstances. Which I don't, I really don't want to spoil anything because this is a really good movie that everyone should watch. Um, but a really really good opening scene, really good score. Uh, won the Palme d'Or at at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, it, it's not going to win foreign film because people love Roma so much for God knows what reason. Uh, but, it, but it certainly showed a really, really good movie, um, from, from a director, uh, Corey Ada, who is basically just makes movies about family. Like he's made 10 movies and they're all about family. And like, it's almost like a Wes Anderson of Japan, um, without the nonsense, but uh, a really good movie. Shoplifters <laughs> without the nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> without the, the sets and the costumes and the French music and you know, the nonsense. <laughs> I just remember, like, one time somebody was like, "How dare you?" Somebody, I was like, "I really like uh, the." Dar- it was Darjeeling Limited came out, and I was like, "I really like it." And somebody was just like, "Well, he's made the same movie just one time. It's in a submarine, one time it's on a train, and one time it's in a house." His, his <laughs> next one's a, his next one. His next one's a musical set in War Tour in Paris, Perfect. starring Timothy Chalamet. Ooh. Think that's nonsense? <laughs> That'll be good. Does he speak French, Chalamet? I have no idea. Where was he? Was he born in France? I think I think he's here's from his biographer. Vince loves him. Uh, Timothy Chalamet born no. Um, nah, he's, Vince he's, hates him. I love him. I think he's a. You know what? Th- is hate, he just an American kid? That hate's overblown. I just there he's was some a promising career. He just was court-sided in Knicks game one time, and it made me angry <laughs> that I couldn't <laughs> court-sided a basketball game. All right, all right, Woody Allen. Um, number two, Shawnee, first man. Okay, that's Starring, my number one. Star- oh, wow. Oh boy. Yeah. Good, good on you. All right, um, didn't say it. Well, really, this isn't your, uh, this isn't your Apollo thirteen, kids. This is not the happy, <laughs> <laughs> the happy Disney space adventure. Yeah, I think for me, my biggest takeaway from it, and this sounds so stupid, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's like, Ryan Gosling's re- a good actor. <laughs> no, they go into like how difficult it was like in terms of like the mathematics like every, yeah it's a shawnee stuff that's cool because you don't know that yeah exactly you don't assume that, yeah. and it's like but then when you like when people just think like you strap in and then all right we're going to space right. now it's like no there's so yeah, much it goes into like the like absolute horrors of these mm-hmm. missions and, and we, how everything can go wrong in like a second and especially yeah. what what's the time period it's uh 1969 so the the yeah it, especially the time period fathom going to the moon then it's crazy yeah. and they do a great job i think of um yeah, just showing that and 
we saw an IMAX, mm-hmm. and the yeah. first scene is uh, Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong. I forget if he's test. It's not. I don't know if it's something for NASA. I think it's more of like a a plane of some sort, like a yeah. prototype of something. But it's like just... the M four that they used to have a keys are. Remember that thing? <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Is that what it's called? Yeah. God. Me and Dee probably have brain damage running that thing so many times. It literally just sat in like, it was like a minivan that like spun around and it played like a video. It was so stupid, but it just kept spinning around. Huzar was responsible for so much CTE. Oh my God. Yeah. Seriously. But um, we saw it in IMAX and just like, that is one of those movies where seeing it in IMAX, like Dunkirk definitely made the experience Mm -hmm. better. It like, it blew me away just like how... It was loud, but not See, loud for the sake of. It's so being interesting loud. to me, and Shawnee said the exact same thing. When we talked about it um, on the show a couple couple of months ago. Um, it, like they get into just the grind of the job, but then it's so awesome to see an IMAX. It almost seems like they're sitting in cubicles doing like doing equations, but then it's great in IMAX. So there has to be some kind of. It, it's not that, but balance like, between like rocket ships going through space, gravity style, and. There's definitely yeah, it's being not like, gravity style. You're no. really like you're in the cockpit and it's so shaky. Oh man, like because it's like a yeah. Disney California adventure. <laughs> it's a horse ride. Oh my god, I waited in line for four hours for that mission space ride. It was just, oh my god. So oh, all right, but it's yeah. terrible. A laser tag. I think it. <laughs> yeah, I keep just thinking of amusement rides. I think the fact that it shows how they prepared for it and like the training, the mm-hmm. uh, different types of like vehicles they would use on test sites and stuff like that definitely was a good playground for like the sound editing and stuff. Cause it's yeah. like so shaky and so right. hectic. And then like once they, once they go to the moon, it's just, and well, before we get to that, they do a great job of showing like the strain that that has on a family, which is something yeah, like sure. that's very true. People yeah. don't, I guess, and I was including like, people don't realize like what the family like goes through. It's not just him. It's like, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. He li- and like, and I don't know how true this was or whether it was fake or sensationalized or not, but like a couple of the astronauts like live in the same like complex or street. Mm-hmm. And he's friendly with this one astronaut played by Jason Clark who dies. And I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like, you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, and he, you see like his wife is like, why do you, why do you want to do this when one of your yeah. good friends died? And I think it does. A great job of showing that and on top of that he lost a daughter when she was either like one or two right yeah i didn't know that part of the story i imagine yeah. most people didn't um yeah it's it's interesting and i'm sure that uh so yeah there's a lot of like personal struggle yeah. g- alongside parallel with like how grueling the mission is and the training and mm-hmm. lives being lost there as well did it's you see it Dave? a very tense movie yeah, um, i love this movie it almost be my top five it's probably my number six of the year um, but one other thing I can add is that I saw, um, an interview with Neil Armstrong's kids mm-hmm. and he said, or they said that Gosling just absolutely just like nailed, like playing their dad. Like he wow. was this, just sort of the stoic guy who really tried to like keep his emotions in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like part of the reason why, um, the movie's not getting more, um, like awards attention is that it's not Apollo 13. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have that, you know, crowd pleaser right, to exactly. it, you know, 
It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit more good, nuanced. Yeah, <laughs> I love Apollo 13. By the way, I'm just shitting all over yeah. it for some reason. Gary Sneeze is the best. <laughs> I was watching golf last night, and <laughs> and uh, Claire Foy is really good in the movie yeah. as well as She's his wife. Great. Yeah. Um, but what's surprising to me about this is I think it did fine at the box office, but it's like it, it's, it's definitely it, a broad not, not not what they expected there, right? Yeah, it's like a broad appeal in terms of like it's a story historical movie. Ryan Gosling is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like. And you could almost just put from the guy who brought you La La Land on, yeah. the, on the on the marquee, and you're and pretty much set. It, this is the second. Yeah, it's I don't want to call it a bomb, but like no, Blade it, Runner, Gosling's one of the biggest stars in the world, mm-hmm. and that lost a ton of money too. Yeah, and um. There was something I saw and about like how the American flag controversy yeah, there like hurt the bo- but it's like it's not it's that's like a prime example of something that was just made a big deal for nothing. Yeah. Because they show like a it's it's just it's I'm not getting into it. But it was very good movie. I would say Whiplash is still my favorite Damien Chazelle movie. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, it's, a great, it's such a great movie. It's such a small movie and like what he was able to do with that, but I this is a movie that I highly recommend and it's unfortunate if you didn't see it in IMAX. gotta say it all right where are we i don't i is vince on number all over no, the place I'm now i'm two know, i'm done too no, no. i'm out the idea tapped out what was your number two vince got... uh, avengers okay the i think you have number two yes I'm on two. all right i have two left as well um my number two is you were never really here all right that's my uh, my numero uno okay here um, we go. <laughs> make me like this movie <laughs> um Lynn Ramsey directed. Um, it's about uh, a muscle for hire. Joaquin Phoenix plays a. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Gun for hire. He plays a golf war veteran with horrific PTSD who has to make a living some way and does it the only way he knows how. Muscle for hire. I mean, that's what he is. He's one of Bane's henchmen. I didn't. I didn't see this movie, but I'm going to step back. But how does like the PTSD in this compare to Ben Foster's play out? It's much more. This it, is a lot more it's, physical. It's not. It's not even like. It's it's probably there's probably stuff going on in Ben Foster's mind, and in this movie you hear it, like you you yeah, physically yep. hear it. Everything is so loud to him, and everything is just like, like. Like the way that, and I talked about it when when I talked about it, it was my favorite movie when we did this six months ago. Like, uh, like it's in New York and the street noise is just like overbearing. It's like a Scorsese kind of thing where it's like everything's really loud and he's like, you can see it on his face. There's stuff stuff going on in his head and it's and it's pretty pretty intense. In addition to the PTSD, he's always or he's also going through um like a lot of childhood like trauma. Yeah. Um. Yeah, double double dose of it. Yeah. <laughs> and he has very like like the movies edited really like a lot of really quick stuff and they do really quick flash like right. they'll they'll be like maybe a quick scene of like him as a boy and like a man behind him. But like a split second. Like it's it's a lot like that. So then what like what genre would you call it then? Because it kind of sounds like it could be either like, a, like an action movie or a thriller. No, it's like a noir. It's, it's like a modern yeah. noir. It's like it's a, very, uh, it's like an art house Taken. Yeah. It's like Taken's like the action version. This is like the more stylized art yeah. house kind of. They don't they don't show any physical violence. Every all the violence is the aftermath. And I actually read that it was kind of like a budget constraint. And so yeah. she was like, I don't know how we're gonna do this. And then she decided, well, actually the violence doesn't wouldn't serve the movie at all. It's all about the aftermath, and that's kind of what they what they show you. Um, 
but yeah, I really liked. I mean, I think Joaquin Phoenix is probably. He's one of my favorite actors of all time and one of the best actors working, I think. Yeah, I said. Um, he's on a roll. Certainly, this performance. Uh, you know, I think that with Danny Lewis retired and Christian Bale's obviously a great actor, but I think this movie put Joaquin Phoenix ahead of Christian Bale for me. He's. he's it's just incredible. It's, it's definitely, it's, it, and I thought about it, like you don't want to shortchange, you know, D wouldn't want to shortchange Walk the Line. I wouldn't want to shortchange The Master, but it's his, it's his best performance. It's so good. And for such like a small movie, it's all him. It's so much of it is like, it is just, you know, he's expressing what's happening internal, internally. And it's, it's just, it's incredible. He's really, really good in it. Um, and then the other thing I really liked about the movie, D, was his, um, like, the relationship he has with his mom. That was great. It's, like, very yeah. normal, if not, that's like, like too, only... too good of a relationship with his mom. Well, that's, like, the only time in the movie where he's, like, not a hard ass. Where he yeah, shows, right. Where he shows, like, a little bit more emotion. Yeah. That he shows that, you know. Just, like, humor. He's caring for somebody, yeah. you know, that he's not going through this, you know, just terrible anguish and pain. Yeah. P- people compare it to Taxi Driver um, because there's basically... He's he's hired by like a like a sleazy kind of investigator um, who people hire this guy to find um, their daughters who are missing, typically in like sex slave rings. So that's kind of what he finds, and he finds a girl very late in the movie. <laughs> but um, it's 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 such a good performance, and and the like the just the tone and the mood of the movie is set like immediately. Like you feel like I felt like the movie could have been nine hours long or could have been thirty minutes long and I wouldn't have known because it's so it's not really like it's linear in a way but it's there's so much other stuff going on and you're just like in the world like immediately it's 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 so well done and, and the fact that she wasn't nominated for best director and and some of these hacks were is it's 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 just incredible for for a movie that is like anti violent like you could argue right. oh it's too yeah. violent but it's not it, there's it's the, definitely a very dark yeah movie, the subject matter might be a little it's heavy not as violent as you would but think yeah it's it's and the music's great too mm-hmm, Johnny yeah. Greenwood yeah, did yeah. The, the the score the music and it's like I don't know what you call it like this techno beat type of thing yep and it's yeah. just it's awesome mm-hmm. yep very um Radiohead yeah. <laughs> You know, when they're in that techno phase. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Great movie. All right, so I have my number two left, and Diaz is number one. All right. And they both involve animals, I'm sure, because <laughs> mine is American Animals. Um, do you saw it, and it's not in your top five, which surprises me. Um, did you guys say it? Did you guys? I did not. No, this and uh, You Were Never Really Here, definitely two yeah. that I want to see, but just didn't get around to doing it yet, yeah. but I'm definitely going to watch them. Yeah, I think you would enjoy them. Well, you, yeah, you would enjoy them both. Yeah, it didn't make my top five, but easily in my top <clears> ten. <throat> this is this was a great movie. And it's Evan Peters and uh, Barry... Barry Keegan, yeah. who's awesome. He's he's That's that's why I saw the movie, was because Barry Keegan was in it. I thought he was great in um, uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's basically the the lead in that opposite, Con Farrell. He's the kid who gets Very, pushed down the steps in Dunkirk. And he also dies in Dunkirk, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> no, he's a very good actor. Um uh, so American Animals tells the true story of a group of college students at Transylvania University, which is in uh, in Kentucky. And uh, Transylvania University has a um, has a book, uh, for lack of a better word, it's a giant book of paintings by this guy John Audubon, who actually is from Pennsylvania, like Audubon and PA is named after him. Um, and he was uh, basically went nuts, went into the woods and just started painting birds. He saw And the book is called birds of America. And it's the most valuable book in the world, but like it would take all four of us to carry it. It's a massive, massive book, but it's at this, I'm sorry, it's called birds of America, I believe. Um, and it's, uh, at this library in the school and 
for whatever reason, uh, these four friends decide to try to steal the book. But you get the impression it really doesn't have a lot to do with they, they don't necessarily know what to do if they have the book. Like, how do we make money off of this? And they kind of find, like, a shady way to make money off of it. But it's kind of about them planning the heist and how they're going to do it. And it's a true story. So the movie is done half live action actors and half documentary, but with with the real people depicting the events. But the worlds blend together. And, and it's so risky to do it, but it pays off so well. Like, there's a scene. There, there's I'm going to—I didn't spoil it on— the last episode when I talked about this movie, I'm going to spoil it here. There's one scene where um, there's a two guys sitting in the car. One guy goes into a convenience store and the other guy sitting in the car um, basically says like, it's just, you're watching a movie and the guy says, wait, is this how it happened? And then the real life person that he's portraying shows up in the backseat of the car and he's like, yeah, I think this is how it happened. So you do that. And then there's one where um, like the Barry Keegan character is kind of the main character and the ringleader is, uh, He's uh, in trouble and he's kind of driving. And as he's driving, he passes like what would have been like the guy, the guy that he's playing. He passes him just kind of like standing in the driveway, like looking at him. So they kind of blend it in really well. But the story is so crazy. And it's it's, you know, much more than I, I know you guys are relating to an eighth grade girl. But these are like guys who are like, you know, they're kind of around our age and want to just do something like everyone can kind of relate to that. So even if this was a total BS story it would have been like great and and a good metaphor but it really happened and it's it's just it's such a beyond belief story and you wouldn't believe it if it wasn't real and they were showing these real people so uh, a really good movie it's it's just so well done I I was shocked like I I really was not expecting it to be be as 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 good as it was and I really just saw it see Barry Kagan he's great in it um but yeah awesome movie there was I remember the heist sequence is really good Mm -hmm. um there's a part where how they imagine they think it's going to turn out and how it actually plays mm-hmm. out. And it's, it was really cool to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very cool. Really, really good movie. So all we have left is D's number one. All right. Well, you guys know what's coming. <laughs> My number one of the year is the rider. Nice. Has anyone seen it yet? No. Nope. Nobody. You literally cannot find it. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it before when I was on the podcast yeah. last time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, Directed by uh, Chloe Zhao. Um, mm-hmm. true, the famous true story, Chloe Zhao. True story about a rodeo cowboy. What is the story of how she came upon the story? Well, she was making a movie in, um, I forget if it's North Dakota or South Dakota now. But anyway, one of the Dakotas. Mm-hmm. And she was taking a break one day, and she sees a guy training horses. Um, so she's interested. She goes over and talks to him. And uh, that's just messing around with his phone, distracting everybody. <laughs> and um, she starts it's talking back to, this to the guy. horses, D. <laughs> <laughs> um, she starts talking to this guy who's trained horses, and they get in a really good conversation. And she just um, decides to make a movie about his life. Um, and he plays himself. And he plays himself, yeah. Um, he's a guy who's thrown from a bull. He was suffered a really bad injury, almost died. Um, he can't uh, be a bull rider anymore, so he's trying to sort of find a new role for himself, find a new identity. Um, I can't imagine this being entertaining. How well, how, how do they pull it off? Um, it's like, <laughs> I mean, 
It's, Every everyone I know two people have seen wow. it and they both said it's their favorite movie of the year. Right for the jugular. How'd the guy do? It, he was good. pretty good. I'm, I mean no as, one as in this himself. movie is gonna win an award for acting. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But um I I guess, you know, the director crafted it in a way that it's not like a you know, an actor's movie. Like she yeah. films them just kinda like, you know, training horses and hanging out with his friends, like everyday life. Um, type things. Um, Slice of life. But it's just a really well-made movie. Um, Cinematography is great. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's my number yeah. one of the year. It's one of those okay, little, little that surprises you. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it would be up my alley, but I, I missed it, the uh, the one screening it had in the theaters. Yeah, yeah um, it wasn't in there long. I'm a little, little surprised. Shout out to Ambler Theater, right? Ambler Theater, yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. I'm a little surprised uh, neither of uh, Sean or D had uh, the House of Jack built in the top five. Didn't, didn't grow on anyone enough. It's not on the list. Probably my a... not. Probably not my top twenty. My oh, really? <laughs> probably not. Wow, we had the reverse. I, I like it more. That I don't uh, think that I saw I, twenty movies. Um, on it. It's, it's probably my number six. I was I was close. It's, it's an honorable mention for me. Yeah, it was. It was, it was I was close. Craziest experience. I enjoyed of my it. Life. Um, anything else? Anyone was surprised it was not on? Uh, not not discussed here. Um. I thought one of you two, uh, Vince or Shawnee, might have Black Panther. I thought you guys really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. No, I put that. Uh, yeah, I put that I, at the top. I one. really like that movie. I think it's that's actually a movie that, I, from all the reviews, like people saying it's the greatest movie ever. Mm-hmm. I saw it, thought it was good. Yeah, and I was a little underwhelmed when I first saw. It, but then when I went back and I I rewatched it uh, recently, and it is a very good movie. Um, one thing though for the being a movie like that the cgi in that movie is not good it is i think some of the stuff yeah just really looks fake but really? i do i think if you go to the final uh the final battle with like some of that cgi just looks a little spotty but what um what comic book movie do you think has has the best cgi Co- has to be a comic book movie. probably infinity war infinity war is up there um you see them all. Doctor, you see them all. Right? Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, that Doctor Strange. I think that the visuals in that movie were. What about a uh, Ragnarok? Oh, Ragnarok's really Ragnarok's too. good too, but that's almost like a like I would say that that's just like a really interesting color palette. While mm-hmm. like Doctor Strange has some really interesting like in depth. Yeah. Who, who directed Doctor Strange? Uh, Scott Derrickson, I believe yeah. he did. Um, what did he do? He did insidious maybe which is a horror movie yes yeah, i saw i've seen that there's a lot of them right there's like three insidious. i think so yeah but um city yeah. <laughs> i but i i would say dr strange is definitely yeah. a movie that had the best um best cgi and uh speaking of horrors i'm surprised no one had hereditary i that's I one that, that i didn't oh, actually see. I didn't have hereditary um i saw it um i didn't like it that much at all i still gotta see oh really it. yeah I maybe, thought it was, <laughs> maybe told me that i just figured to, tony collette's so good in it maybe she's great yeah but I she, she was not nominated right maybe yeah. it's my own fault that i didn't like this year because I, I didn't see anything the, <laughs> the only scene that i i've heard about and that i've seen like i know i've heard like the general plot of the movie yeah there's a scene when the kid's in school and like he just starts to uh uh I want to see it. I'm I'm just, see I'll, it. All I'll say is like the kid just starts to like freak out at something, and he does. Yeah, I'm, when you when, the, when you said there's a scene, I thought you were going to go somewhere else. And, no, I'm not that scene. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought I thought that was good. I thought Tony Collette was was great in it. Um, Her only Oscar nomination it. was a horror movie. Yeah, Six Sense. 
That's got to change. She's great. Solid. She's great. That. How old is really she good. in that movie? Does anybody know? She's, she's like 38 or something. 26 or 27. Wait, what? No, yeah. the, in the sixth sense. In the sixth yeah. sense. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> she's only in her 20s? Yeah. Wow. Mid 20s. Really, really strong. Saw him night. Late 20s. I saw him night last night at the era two nights ago at the Sixers. Loyal fan. He's, he's showing up, yeah. Does he ever yeah. ring the bell? He yeah, he has. He's, he probably does it when they like somebody doesn't show up. Um, <laughs> they just have to pull him out, him or Meek. But uh, uh, no one has seen Split yet. Uh, uh, Glass, I'm sorry. Jeez. She was. I looked it up. She was 27 in that, and wow. I, I have not seen Glass yet. Um, Unbreakable is my favorite movie of his, so mm-hmm. despite the mediocre reviews, I'm excited to see how it wraps up. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to say it too. I, I don't know. You can't always trust trust reviews when it comes to that kind of movie. We'll see. Um, you guys like, I was real quick. I was just mm-hmm. reading or re- watching something about Unbreakable, um, and someone pointed out uh, the critic consensus on Rotten Tomatoes like criticizes the movie for not having as good of an ending or as good of a twist as Sixth Sense. And <laughs> well, of I course, think, yeah. I think that's just like that doesn't mean it's a bad. But the Sixth Sense came out after Unbreakable, right? No, Unbre- uh, Sixth Sense was before that. Oh, so Unbreakable was a movie right after the Sixth yeah, Sense. Yeah, so oh. it's like yeah. People were kind of, I don't mm. know. But I think Unbreakable is a very underrated movie, and everyone should watch it if you haven't yeah, seen it's, it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great. I just watched that recently. It's a really good movie. Anything else with our top uh, top five of 2018? No, it's... Uh, do you want to just quickly go around, just give a, five, five through one? Put a coffin in this year of 2018. Johnny, what is this? Just go through your five through one so everyone knows what they got to see. We didn't oh, have okay. too much overlap, actually. Oh, yeah. Um so five to one deadpool 2 a star is born avengers infinity war first man and leave no trace vince uh my five is spider-man into the spider-verse a quiet place leave no trace avengers infinity war and then first man day uh the favorite leave no trace eighth grade you were never really here and the rider and i had the battle of buster scruggs leave no trace shoplifters american animals and you were never really here so the only one we all shared was uh Leave No Trace. Trace. Yep. All right, movie so of the year. That's the one you should say. There you go. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our uh, what we're looking forward to in 2019. Welcome back <laughs> from break. <laughs> to keep, keep trying it. What are we uh, We're going to talk about our... What um, we're excited to see in 2019. Most anticipated movies mm-hmm. of 2019. Does everyone have... How many does everyone have? I have five. I have five. five. All right. So we'll do our top five most anticipated to see in 2019. Should we do the same format we did for uh, the other one? Let's try to keep it under an hour five, though. Okay. So Sean, number five. My number five is the uh, new Joker movie directed by Todd Phillips starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. I just forgot about that. There was a ton of buzz around it uh, like two months ago, and it kind of died down. Yeah, so that's it's, like on, a, it's that's an origin story. Is that correct? No, kind of, but I, like... I, I thought it was sort of, from what I gather, taking a little bit of The Killing Joke... Yeah, it's kind of like that from what I'm understanding as well. Yeah. I know he plays, like, a, in, in the general history, or like, lore of the Joker is there really isn't an origin story aside from the killing joke. I think you can, mm-hmm. yeah, like, attest to that. I think that's pretty he much plays, that. like, a failed, uh, a failed stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. um, and apparently, I think, I forget who said it, What who, who said it, but the King of Comedy is an influence on that movie, and... Oh, D, D, is, D is buying his tickets now. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh... If Robert De Niro's in it, it's like yeah. It seems like Marin is Marin's an agent, I believe. Okay, so when you hear a stand-up comedian is in it, then you really figure it's going to be like that. But Marin is not playing a comedian, so no. The um, but De Niro is like a talk show host. De Niro, from what here's like, and it's on my list as well. I think mm-hmm. it's my number three. But um, 
what I know about it is it's obviously Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker. Zazie Beetz is his love interest mm-hmm. um, who plays like a single mother in it. Uh, De Niro is a talk show host. Marin's an agent. And that guy who's in a lot of uh, Todd Phillips movies, I think Brian Callahan. Oh, Callan. Yeah. He's a stand-up I think yeah. he's playing the comedian as well. Okay. But um, yeah, that's... It's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um Joaquin right. was up for like he was wanted to be Doctor or Marvel wanted him to be Doctor Strange so and he's like the last actor on the face of the earth that I could see yeah, doing a big movie like that. <laughs> yeah. So this is I think it's going to be a good movie. Yeah. Brian Callen is um the guy who runs the little chapel in yeah. The Hangover and he's like a bartender in The Hangover too. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess seven top belts are boys. Um Joker's on my list as well. Not on mine. No. No. Um, I forgot about it. Would have been. <laughs> I just completely forgot about it. Um, I feel like it's gonna be good, but I feel like it can go any way. You know. Um, yeah, it's it's. Oof. Todd Phillips worries me a little bit. I mean, he directs a lot of funny movies, um, mm-hmm. but this just seems like new territory for him. Um, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, He'll elevate a bad movie just yeah. by himself. So right, and it's obviously. It's not going to be your typical superhero movie. It's going to be a little darker, um, probably a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Vince, what do you got? And real quick, just mm-hmm. before I get to my number five, one thing I thought of was I can't think of a movie where Joaquin Phoenix did any sort of comedy besides that fake documentary he did with Casey Affleck. So that's definitely going to be yeah. an interesting angle to see how he handles yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be... Well, no, it's not going to be funny. Haha. No, it's not going to be that. But there's, he's definitely going to have to play like some yeah. sort of dark humor. Yeah, for sure. Be in it. He, can, he can do it. Yeah, I'll be fine. Um, my number five is Star Wars Episode Nine. Of course, all right. Dave, your number five. <laughs> no, um, the only reason why normally that would be higher. On Who's my directing? List. What happened was they hired um, Brian Singer. <laughs> then went to Brett Ratner. <laughs> no, uh, Colin Trevorrow, who did Jurassic World, mm-hmm. which I am not a fan of. Was that the most recent one? No, the first Jurassic World. He did. Jurassic World. Okay, I like the most recent one, the one that came um, out this year. Only yeah. furthering the point that you just like what everybody hates and hates what everyone likes. Just <laughs> that is correct. Just to, ri- <laughs> but, uh, just to get a rise out of it. I just saw it on a whim, and I was like, that's pretty good. Um, Colin Trevor did Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a really good mm-hmm. movie with uh, Jake Johnson, and then Jurassic World. And then he did this movie called The Book of Henry, which got just demolished by critics. And then there was like... He was blind the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Bird box. Then he... Uh, <laughs> Then he um, like got fired, like creative differences. But I think mm-hmm. there's like the rumor that people may not have been too high on him after that movie. I don't know. Gotcha. But so J.J. Abrams is back to do it. But okay, it's still I think in production. Um, no title or like subtitles yeah. been released. But I've enjoyed the new trilogy movies. I think they're a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it's on my list. That's all, all right. I have to say about it. D. Um, well, five was Joker, so do we all do five? Uh, I'll, I'll do my five very quickly. Uh, it's called The Woman in the Window. I think it's Amy Adams. Uh, uh, very good chance of winning winning Best Actress, from what I gather. Uh, Joe Wright directed it, the guy who directed Atonement and uh, The Soloist and, and the movie Hannah, which I, I really enjoyed with uh, Saoirse Ronan. And Darkest Hour, correct? And Darkest Hour, yeah. Yeah, I, I like he's a British guy. I like him a lot, though. Um, Amy Adams plays an agor- agoraphobic woman who uh, can't leave her apartment and just spies on her neighbors and witnesses a crime. Gary Oldman plays some role in it, I assume, as a creep again, back to his uh, I'm sold. villainous days. So uh, I think I think it could be a good role for Amy Adams. And um, I enjoy Joe Wright a lot. I think it's an interesting pairing. So that's my uh, number five. Number four is Captain Marvel, um, mm-hmm. starring Brie Larson. I love her. She's great. I can't Captain- get up for it. <laughs> just can't do it. Captain Marvel, I want to. Just can't. Captain Marvel is going to be a brand new uh, 
Marvel character that we haven't seen yet. And I think it will um, guide us nicely into Avengers Endgame in April. Captain Marvel comes out in March. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that too. It's actually not on my top five list, but um, what? Yeah, I think it's um, one of the. It looks great, and um, the only thing is, like, I have no idea what the plot's going to be, which I love. Like, I'm already sold on. There's it. some. There's a. Is there a full trailer out or just there's full trailers? Season? But like three, four okay. trailers. Yeah, but like, I didn't I gather know, much. But from they it. do a good job of hiding, yeah. like, in depth with the stories. But I think it, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and from. What I took away from it is it takes place in the 90s and they do this de-aging technology that they've mm-hmm. kind of dabbled in the past yep. with uh, Ant-Man and it just looks incredible. Yeah. They have like Samuel, Samuel Jackson and he looks like someone put a picture of him side by side from when he was in 1995 or 1993 with what they did and it just looks insane. Yeah, good. we're we're getting there. Um, did you Was Joker your four? No, my four is uh, a horror movie, Us, Jordan Peele. Oh, okay. Of That's my number three. Um that was a movie I saw the poster for. I remember reading an article, Elizabeth Moss joins the new movie mm-hmm. by Jordan Peele. And I think it was on Christmas um, that it came out. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm sold. I don't need yeah. to, I don't need to see anything else. I just think it looks creepy, fun, good. Like he, I think is going to be one of those guys that people are going to be excited to work with. And it's kind of interesting that he did nothing with horror before. And like yeah. Ian Peel, he's yeah. hilarious in it. Yeah, he's just a smart guy. I think it'll be it'll be compared to Get Out, and that's going to knock it down a couple of points unless it's just incredible. Yeah, I agree. So I think it'll be a movie that that is is very good, but might not get the credit it deserves right away. And I think what he did so great about Get Out is there definitely are like uh, social undertones to it, but at the same time, yeah. it's he does it in a way where yeah, the general audience can also just enjoy it as a horror mm-hmm. movie. And yeah, I and think that he's. With- He's the type of guy who will continue that. And with this one, yeah, hopefully it doesn't doesn't lay it on too thick. I agree. And uh, Winston Duke is in it. He plays the male lead, and he was in Black Panther. And I think I have no idea who that is. He's he, like Black Panther's the <laughs> his first movie, but I Vince think says it like he he's saying like, oh yeah, Tom Hanks is in it. Well, I was saying I think he's a good actor, and I'm excited to see him in a lead role. That's all, right. all I was saying. Winston Duke, uh, D four. 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 Uh, my number four is called Ad Astra. Um, I heard about this. Yeah, I have not. It sounds kind of ridiculous. Um, Brad Pitt plays <laughs> who, an astronaut. Who directs? Um, <laughs> what's his name? James Gray. Yeah. Who did oh. We Own the Night? Yeah, I, I know. Two Lovers. <laughs> All right. Yeah, worked with Winston Duke a lot. <laughs> James Gray was a guy who like he like wrote an article and was like, "I'm directing movies, but I'm very poor." <laughs> He's like, "I don't have any money." <laughs> Do you remember that? He wrote it was in like Variety or something. He was just like, "Not all directors make a lot of money." <laughs> He did uh, The Lost City of Z, which I haven't uh-huh. seen. Um, He's a creep, right? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> you like that movie, Two Lovers, though. Yeah, I like that movie. Uh, that movie was good. I, it was I like that. that was pretty so fun. Pitt is an astronaut. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pitt plays an astronaut, and he travels to outer space to find his missing father, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> on board. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yep. I actually have an astronaut Donald movie Sutherland's on, in it as on mine as well. <laughs> Donald, Donald Sutherland. Wow. Yeah. That technology's getting really good because I thought he died. Um, all right, okay. I'm on number four. Uh, Richard Linklater's uh, newest movie, uh, best movie poster I've ever seen. Um, it's called Where Do You Go, Bernadette? And the movie poster is just an iPhone screen with a text message up, and the text says, Where Do You Go, Bernadette? And then it has the three dots, like in gray. And that's the poster. You're going to love searching. Um, <laughs> so uh, so it's a like Kate Blanchett, best working actress. I've said it. And Judy Greer, who I really like. Um, and the premise is just a 15-year-old girl goes searching for her mom um, and uncover some stuff from her mom's past in the process. Uh, I think Richard Linklater works very well in that space, especially with, with a, 
a youngish lead, and then Kate Blanchett is not going to do a bad movie. Um, I think this is going to be really good for for uh, Richard Linklater. So this is like a like a suspense. Uh, it, it looks pretty light, like his. Oh, okay. I right. think it's more. Um, so I feel like he likes yeah. to go into different genres. Yeah, I, th- I think this will be a little bit lighter, but Kate Blanchett can 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 do it all. So I think it'll be good. And I'm very curious to see it. Judy Greer's role because I, I like her a lot. I like her like um I like I liken her to uh, Melanie Linsky, who yeah. sort of is kind of getting there. She had a lead in a Netflix movie, but uh, uh just a good actress, kind of waiting for the do. That is my number four, Shawnee. I'm all the way into number two now. All right, Vince three. My, yeah, uh, three was Joker for me. So, see. all right. Wait, uh, did you have a you give us your four? Uh, us. Uh, oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, my number three is The Irishman, um, mm-hmm. Martin oh, Scorsese's nice. newest movie about um, mobsters and the possible killing of Jimmy Hoffa. Um, Lee teams De Niro and Pesci and uh, Pacino. Pacino's in it. Um, and this is another one I'm a little worried about. Me too. <laughs> I don't have so it on wait, my list because I'm know, so uh, concerned about it. That's the same exact reason that I had, and I'll let Sean make explain. I didn't know until recently that you said, Vince, that they're also doing the face technology. Yeah, De Niro apparently they're doing like the de aging technology on De Niro. I thought they were all just going to be old guys. I was looking I forward mean, to that. Pacino plays Jimmy Hoffa, who died when he was like forty six. So, yeah. and uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know anything Hoffa. about yeah, it. Pacino does play Jimmy oh, Hoffa. I didn't know that. And um, uh, Harvey Keitel's in it as Philadelphia mm-hmm. mobster Angelo Bruno, mm-hmm. I believe. But mm-hmm. um, I looked it up. Vince's recently. uncle. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. Um, <laughs> just have to clarify that. that just have to clarify that. Um, but yeah, I I was looking to put it on my list as well. But the fact that it's one of those movies similar to The Revenant, where <laughs> the production is now two hundred million dollars. It, yeah, it's, it's like anywhere between one seventy five to two hundred million, and it's on Netflix. And I just I. I want to know why. Like, mm-hmm. I think with the Revenant, it was the the shooting was so difficult. They they just had to keep keep using film and using light and adding days because they were literally doing it in the wilderness. And and Inaritu said it was the most difficult thing he's ever done in his life. Like they were hiking up mountains in the snow. Like yeah, and they, it was and no joke. This that, is just a movie. Like that's going to be sets. It got to the point I, where they had to go like the southernmost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it was hell. But this is doesn't seem. I don't know how this warrants a two hundred million dollar budget. And especially the unless movie being on unless Netflix. like they're all getting paid thirty million to do, which probably could be the case. Well, Bobby Cannavale's in it. And that's all I care about. Yeah. Me and Jesse Plemons. Okay. Oh, Jesse Plemons is in it. Yeah. Vince's boy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what am I? Number three. Uh, this is my astronaut one. Um, it's called Lucy in the Sky. Uh, Noah Hawley from TV's Fargo is yeah. directing it. Uh, Natalie Portman plays an astronaut uh, who goes into space, comes back to Earth, and totally loses her grip on reality. Um, sounds similar to or at least her performance i think will reflect the one she gave in black swan where she loses touch with reality uh, she plays that very well i think another oscar is due for uh for natalie portman um i'm excited to see this i'm excited to see noah hawley uh get into the onto the silver screen cool uh number two yeah all right um i've missed this guy for a while one of my favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino, has a new movie. This is not oh. your number. I thought we were all going to have that, this for our that's ones. That's my number one. Yeah, obviously. Is that, one. Is that yeah. everyone's number one? Yeah, uh, you ruined number, it. My number one's Avengers. <laughs> I forgot to say. <laughs> well, why don't we... That's my number two, so we well, can... Well, we t- don't need to talk about Avengers at all, because there's yeah. nothing to talk about, because they haven't like released anything. Yeah. yeah, the only thing... So let's all talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Just the one thing I want to say about um, 
Avengers, what I read is that Kevin Feige said that the trailers will not show past 15 minutes of the movie. Like, yeah, don't lose time. And I think that's that's just like incredibly the, smart. Yeah, trailers and, are to sell movies. Tickets are sold for this. It's a high, yeah. it's a, it's already the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, like they and don't he's have not to, gonna like do look at. There's no. He doesn't. Yeah, and <laughs> I just yeah. that's the one thing I want to say. I think that uh, the marketing for this movie is probably the most difficult because they announced all these movies for characters who, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. die in the movie. But they disintegrate. We yeah. don't know where they go. We don't know where they go. That's true. <laughs> They'll be back, but, just like Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Um, uh, well, actually, no. But um, yeah, that's Avengers is a movie that I'm really looking forward to, and yeah. So uh-huh. then, why don't you guys all go through what? Yeah, let's do. Yeah, we'll do our twos, and then we'll circle back to Tarantino. Uh, my number two is the Lighthouse. Um, don't know much about it. Plot's kept kind of under wraps, but it stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, and Ooh-hoo. it's directed by Robert Eggers, who directed The Witch a few uh, years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, it's a good movie. I've, I've, heard about this yeah is it a horror uh, or build as a horror and then not being scary at all like the witch <laughs> I, I really like the witch a lot yeah, i liked it as well i thought it was a good movie um but yeah looking forward to it is that all you have on it technical That's difficulties all I, I don't know anything Sorry. about it wait um Hey. Can you say it again? I was getting distracted by my computer. Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson. Which, what's the movie called? The Lighthouse. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Uh, my number two is a movie called Knives Out, which is um, uh, Ryan Johnson. Uh, Vince just lit up, but I don't think it's nonsense like the Ryan Johnson Vince likes. Um, the cast is why I like it, and it, it it's just a kind of a whodunit murder mystery. Uh, Michael Shannon, Chris Evans, Daniel Craig, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Ricky Lindholm is in it. Um, a really good cast. At, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, careless about her it it sounds like the last time there was a movie with like a big cast it was like a murder thing was that movie gosford park remember that day with brian uh, Phillippe? that was yeah. a snooze man that was that was a tough was tough war. set but it almost bob Balaban and ryan Phillippe. bob yeah bob Balaban. <laughs> that's right um but it feels <laughs> like it could be like nonsense. a i wish there was wes anderson nonsense in that um but it kind of feels like a like a Kind of a, I'm curious to the take he, the spin he puts on like a murder mystery. The title's really cool. Um, I'm excited to say it. Knives Out. Cool. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino. I have nothing on it, just obviously it's going yeah, to be great. I, there, really, really can't go wrong with it. He hasn't been, what, we should have like a trailer for that by now, right? Or no? I mean, who and, knows? That's a movie. Know. He's, like, he's a weirdo. I don't yeah. know. Well, Those pictures have been out. Yeah, that's right. But um, one thing, a point that do we know? What's the do we know the cast? So let's run through the synopsis real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's Leonardo DiCaprio is playing um, a Hollywood actor in a changing Hollywood mm-hmm. that he no longer recognizes. I'm just like verbatim saying what I read on IMDb, <laughs> and um, Brad Pitt plays his best friend and stuntman. Yeah, on uh, Wikipedia, it's, it says, In 1969, Los Angeles, around the time of the Charles Manson murders, a TV actor and his stunt double embark on an odyssey to make a name for themselves in the film industry. It seemed like the Manson aspect would have been, was like, that was when it came out, it was like people thought it was a movie about the Manson murders, right? When, when, when it was I first announced. Was That's what everyone yeah, thought it was going to yeah. be. It seems like it's not really going to focus. Do they have an actor to play Manson yet, even? It's a, it's some guy who, like, it's, it's he was Just, on, I think, okay. like the show Justify for a couple okay. of Okay, so it won't be a, that probably won't be a big part. I forget what my source is on this, but someone said it's the closest to Pulp Fiction that any of his movies have been. That's so interesting. So, like, the Manson thing is just going to be, like, a side piece, mm-hmm. like how there's side stuff going on in Pulp yeah. Fiction. 
So on Wikipedia, the cast is DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Damian Lewis playing Steve McQueen, and Margot Robbie's playing Sharon Tate. Luke Perry, Emile Hirsch. Oh, he's back. Uh, Dakota- you say Emile Hirsch is back, and you just glaze over, glaze over Luke Perry. <laughs> is he from 90210? Is that who Luke Perry yeah. is? Yeah. Uh, Dakota <laughs> Fanning, who's... <laughs> Wait, what? A whole, in it. There's a whole Family yeah. Guy episode about Luke Perry, and it's like the early ones from the 90s. Continue. I'm trying, to remember, I'm trying to remember it, yeah. <laughs> uh, Clifton Collins Jr. I like him. He Nicholas, was in a Capote, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nicholas Hammond. Uh, Pacino plays DiCaprio's right. character's agent. Scoot he, McNary, who's great on he's, True Detective. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. very good actor. He's good in, um, um, God, D, what's that movie with Brad Pitt? Uh, uh, Killing Him Softly. Killing Him Softly, yeah, he's really good in that. Who is he in that? He's... Uh, he is um R.I.P. James Gandolfini. Are we still talking about Scoot here? Yeah, right, R.I.P. Um <laughs> he's, <a yeah>. <laughs> he's he's one of the guys that like the, like they're all they're in that bar the whole time, right? Yeah. He's just like one of the guys that kind of hangs around. I think that it's like him I don't Richard wanna, Jenkins. I don't want to spoil it, but he I, I believe meets 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 his demise in that at the hands of uh okay. not softly though. <laughs> uh, Spencer Garrett, an actor oh, named Mike Ma, who was playing Bruce Lee. Um, oh, nice. Lena Dunham's in it. All right. And um, <laughs> all right, that would like I would maybe not see it because of her. Bruce Dern is, uh, plays the role that was going to be for the Burt Reynolds, yeah. Reynolds. And then like I think she's one of the bands and girls, Lena Dunham. Yeah. And oh, then God. there's at the end of the Squeaky bottom Fram. of the, no, that's, that's <laughs> I, the I, I was watching um, Oh, she uh, yeah, I was watching the office where where Creed's like giving Andy advice on like picking up a girl. He's like he's like, just go up to her and kiss her right on the mouth. That's how I got Squeaky Fram. <laughs> And then uh, there's like uh, at the end of the Wikipedia page, it says additionally Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, Kurt Russell, Jeez, okay. Tim Le- Timothy Oliphant, Dad. James Marsden. They're, they're all just going to play famous actors from the past. Yeah. They have to. I um, no Samuel L., though. Nah, what are you going to do? I'm sure he'll pop up. Yeah, he'll work yeah. again. <laughs> He's going to be the narrator, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's really, I don't see how it goes off the rails. The I, don't, one thing, I don't think this will be the one bad Tarantino movie. The one thing. <laughs> DiCaprio and Pitt, first time ever acting together, right? DiCaprio and Pitt? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, The one thing, though, is that someone made this point, and I didn't even think of it. Is it going to be like in Glorious Bastards where it's like a fictionalized version of history? Yeah. Like, but that's going to be very, with like the Manson murders is what I'm saying. Yeah. I I don't know how he's going to handle it. I I don't think that'll be fictionalized, but I think like, you can't, I mean, if... It seems like Steve McQueen's going to be a role in this movie. Well, Steve McQueen was like supposed to be at some dinner party. That oh, is that right? Yeah, like he oh, was. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that the way they have it lined up on IMDb will match up with screen time in the movie. I think it could be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, this is one of those movies that could be four and a half hours. Yeah, there. <laughs> and I would. Yeah, I would see it three times in a row. Um, who are, Who are some of the directors? Like Tarantino is obviously one that I think we all like. Whatever it is, we're going to see it in theaters. Who are like some of the directors you get like really excited for? Uh, Chris Nolan. Nolan at this point. I wasn't a big mm. fan of Interstellar, but I think yeah. he, after Dunkirk, that he should have won an Oscar for Best Director for that Edgar movie. Wright. Edgar Wright's <laughs> another good for one. For me personally. Uh, for me, it's Denis Villeneuve, who oh, yeah. um, did the last Blade Runner movie, and he's doing an adaptation of Dune, I think is his mm-hmm. next movie. Yep. Uh, he's done Prisoners and Sicario. He's someone who I really like. How do you say his name again? I think it's Denis Villeneuve or something like that. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, I like him. Something to knee. And a rival. He's killing it. D, anyone you get excited for? 
close you out now. <laughs> uh, yeah, big close you out, fam. <laughs> um, no, I mean, other than Tarantino, I mean, there's so many new directors now, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so many yeah, are sort of aging now and mm-hmm. past their prime, and the past couple of years has been so many new game, ones. Man. I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, the Coen brothers, I'm always excited to see yeah. what they're going to do next. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much only, like, guaranteed in for the Coens, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Tarantino. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. I miss Silence, so I can't even say it for Scorsese anymore. <laughs> for me, there's two uh, two younger directors are Chazelle. I think mm-hmm. he's, earned, yeah. he's earned that where he's done. Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I, hate, I just hate La La Land so much that... I like that movie. Yeah. I well, you like your song and dance, man. You go for that stuff. That's true. <laughs> but that's a movie where I think... Of, and I'm not saying you did this, but it definitely became like cool to hate La La Land. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I think, if you just enjoy it as kind of a light movie, good for you. Like, yeah. you don't, there's no need to like. Yeah. Be... What I enjoyed in it was Emma Stone's performance. That was the first time I saw like actually a pretty good actress. Mm-hmm. And um, Ryan Coogler is another guy. Oh uh, yeah. Um, he's apparently going to do this movie about a cheating scandal in like an Atlanta public school system. And it's a, oh, based on a true story with Michael B. Jordan. Obviously. Was that Morgan Freeman movie called where he's like the principal? <laughs> Uh, lean on me. Lean on me. <laughs> yeah, every make of lean on me. Isn't that Atlanta? No, that's in, is in where is that? His first major role in a movie. Really? Yeah, he's like fifty. <laughs> wow, that doesn't yeah. feel that old. It's never too late. I people. He was in Mean Streets, wasn't he? Morgan Freeman. No, what was he in? No, definitely not Mean Streets. There was, oh. I, don't, I think it was a pretty much all Italian American cast. Yeah, that's that's true. Wow, that's funny. The Paramount Channel last night had a Forrest Gump on, and like that, that kind of sucks me in. And it was followed by Shawshank, and I was like, I'm gonna have to like I've seen Shawshank a thousand times, and I own it, but if it comes on TV, I'm watching it. And I was like, I gotta go to bed because I'll be up to one one in the morning watching. <laughs> that movie's just it's just so good. Yeah. All right. Well, Anything I else? Lied. We, uh... was not mean <laughs> yeah, we, we we've, we've covered that. We are aware. I don't know what I was thinking. Shall You're thinking of Lean on Me. Wrap it up. Uh, yeah, unless anyone has a recommendation, I don't. I do not. Just go watch Unbreakable, uh, like we talked about. Yeah, earlier. Unbreakable. I'll recommend Inception again. There I you swear go. to God, it's on every time I'm about to come over here. It's always on, <laughs> it's always on HBO. There must be a thing where it's like on Wednesdays. Yeah, it's just that. They got a loop or something. So is that it? We want to do next episode, we want to talk about the Academy Award nominees, maybe? Yeah, we should probably Possibly. do that fairly soon. All right. So um, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, it may not have me back since the only best picture nominee I've seen this year is Black Panther. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot either. I gotta, I gotta really start watching them. I saw yeah, the movie uh, Cold War is on uh, on Amazon Prime. I'm probably gonna watch that. Uh, maybe tonight or tomorrow. I didn't hear about it until the nominees. No, yeah, I just know because I like that guy from uh, the movie Ida or Ida. That movie's awesome. I think Cold War is black and white too. It is. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Put a bow right. on it. Let's uh, let's put this one to bed. Go see um, Leave No Trace. Yeah. And everything else that we talk about. Yes. If you want course. to. Totally up to you. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Have a good day. Oh, wait. We have, a, uh, we have an Instagram. Oh, we have an Instagram. Talking Picture Talk. At Talking Picture Talk. That's, that's it. We have some fun on there. Yes, and, follow, uh, follow that. Twitter is at We Talk Pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Talking Picture Talk was taken. <laughs> All right. Believe it or not. Have a good evening. And 2019 in no particular order. Thank you. Bye.